Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. They call me the Emerald City Exile. And so where do we look? Well, a lot of people are looking to Ron DeSantis, and there's good reason for that. He coined a great phrase, Florida is where woke goes to die. But he also governed that way. Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. Patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana, 972-PATRIOT. What's your message to Republicans who are considering investigating your family and particularly your son Hunter's business dealings? Lots of luck in your senior year, as my coach used to say. Look, um, I think the American public wants to move on and get things done for them. And, uh, you know, I heard that there were, uh, it was reported, whether it's accurate or not, I'm not sure, but it was reported many times that Republicans were saying, and the former president said, how many times are you going to impeach Biden? You know, impeachment proceeding against Biden. I mean, I think, the re- I think the American people will look at all of that for what it is. It's just uh, almost comedy. Well, it's not almost comedy to millions of voters. It's not almost comedy to a lot of people who run afoul of the same laws that they're actually investigating Hunter Biden for. I just thought... His um, tone in his press conference yesterday was entirely, I think, unhelpful. It was bratty, I thought. And he doesn't have a mandate. He's acting like he does. But he doesn't have a mandate. He doesn't have a mandate because, I mean, he still has, like, one of the most divided uh, Congress, Senate, and he just, and he lost majority, lost majority in the House. And I know they're trying to spin this. And, you know, say that it wasn't the shellacking that everyone thought, but he, he lost, they lost a significant number of seats. I mean, I think we're in, we're, even though we don't know what the hell's going on, and I can't even tell you how angry I am about that, um, we still, what is it? I mean, it's going to be a, maybe a pickup of 25 seats. Perhaps, maybe. I mean, who the hell knows? We're, nobody knows because nobody can count anything. You have a hurricane coming towards Florida and they were able to count all their, they have millions of more people than Arizona does and they were able to count all their damn votes. Welcome to the show. Your lovable curmudgeon Dana Lash here with you to get you started this uh, Thursday post-election. All kinds of insanity and we're going to get all of it going. But um, yeah, to my, my point, he... There, there were, and I told you that was going to be the spin. I sent it out in the newsletter and all that stuff, so you know what you knew it was coming. But it is, it. I mean, it's. He said, he said in his uh, one of his audio sound bites too, that he when he was asked. Now keep in mind what some of the surveys have been when he was asked if he's going to change anything. Um, 
whether you know is, is he going to change anything going forward? Is he going to? Uh, I can't remember how the question was posed to him. No, he's not going to change a damn thing. Listen, audio is not by five thousand. You mentioned that uh, Americans are frustrated. In, in fact, 75% of voters say the country is heading into the wrong direction despite the results of last night. What in the next two years do you intend to do differently uh, to change people's uh, opinion of the direction of the country, particularly as you contemplate a run for president in 2024? Nothing, because they're just finding out what we're doing. The more they know about what we're doing, the more support there is. Nothing. I'm not going to do a single damn thing. Not gonna do, I'm not going to change anything. Nothing's going to change. Not a single thing. Well, yeah, that's what people voted for. So I have to warn you, I am in the I don't want to hear you bitch when you don't like what you voted for. I'm I'm there, man. So I don't want to hear a single damn person in New York complain about the crime. You voted for it. Now, I know there's a lot of people who didn't vote for it. There's a lot of people who did. I don't know. I'm in the uh, I'm in the we all you go through these phases, you know, I'm in the surly point of the post-election because there's a lot of things to be positive about and i was positive yesterday i'm not today i told you i was crabby i told you all on facebook told you all on facebook and I, I posted up for you earlier all right so the the midterm presser he's uh, not planning on changing anything he's confident you know they the surveys that came out you had what 75 percent of people were dissatisfied with the way things were going well, well what are you gonna do yeah, yeah. In Arizona, you have Katie Hobbs, who's the Democratic Secretary of State. I, I got some harsh words. If people keep voting for these clowns, you get every bit of hell that comes with them. You deserve it. Voters deserve the people that they vote for. It is a reflection of you. Oh, yeah, these candidates. I, and I'm also going to let me say this, too, because I feel like I'm giving voice to a lot of people who have been like reaching out to me because this is a lot of what my email has been. People are people are like, how are, are there so many undecideds like going into an election? How do you have so many people undecided? How do you have so many people that don't know what they want to do right you know, before an election? How is this possible? Because people I think that people don't know how to be free. Yeah. Oh, if it hurts somebody's feelings and you're on the left. I, I don't sit here. I don't sit here and care about I'm not going to sit here and head pet people and make them feel easy in their stupidity. I'm not. That's not what I do. I don't know how people. First off, I don't know how you cannot have a date on your ballot. I don't know how you can't count ballots. We have an epidemic of stupidity in this country. You know, look down at the ballot counting. I can't even believe it's Thursday. It's November 10th. Our election was Tuesday. We should have had results Tuesday. We run our elections like a third world country. This is third world country crap. This is what this is. It is a joke. An absolute joke. Why the hell should I pay taxes when I don't get a return on my investment? Hmm? Why should anybody? Is your government servicing you? I've had better service at the DMV. It's a joke. I'm going to tell you what, if my county wasn't counting my ballots, you bet your sweet ass that I would be out there in front of it. I would be protesting. I'd be doing the damn show in front of it if they couldn't count my vote on time. It is ridiculous. It is an insult and affront to the Constitution. This is third world country garbage. It is embarrassing for the United States of America. Our electoral system is turning into an embarrassment. It's insane. 
And then we have all this stupid infighting with the Republican Party. I'm, I'm about at the point where I think all of them need to be slapped. Former presidents and current. All of them. I'm done with it. We don't even got votes counted. We're all broke. I, I had a headline yesterday where people are actually considering not even having Thanksgiving meals because they can't afford it. And everyone's sitting here in a fellation circle, all power jogging. Are you kidding me? Ridiculous. You want to know why voters are tired? You want to know why it was split ticket? Because of that stuff. Stupid. So, yeah, that's my mood today. Yesterday it was all optimism. Today I am literally a living, breathing middle finger. So, let's look at some of this other stuff that we got here on deck. And I'm not going to get into all the GOP stuff because I'm mad and I don't want to get it. So you have uh, Nevada's Clark County. They say the ballot counting is going to stretch into next week. Next week. What are you smoking? Next week. Are you kidding me? Again, I want you to look at Florida. They have a hurricane. They have a hurricane coming. People are without power. And those Floridians got their votes counted and put to bed. They're done. They're already on to the next thing. What in the world? I know that, you know, we kind of have fun with Florida because they're easygoing. They're sweet people. And they're one of the only states that keep all their criminal records public. That's why you got Florida man and you don't have Oklahoma man because it's the way that the the uh, F, the the police reports and all of that are how how it's privatized and not privatized. Long story, but you know we have a whole Florida man segment on here. I'm about ready to have a United States man excluding Florida because of the way the election's been going. Don't even have no votes counted in Nevada. We're still getting totals in. When you wake up in the morning, you should know. Actually, when you go to bed at night, you should know what's happening. Go digital. They said it'll be easier. They said. Am I overly mad about this? Be real with me, Cam. Am I because I could punch something? No, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I think the people that pay attention feel it. I think there's a lot of voters out there that don't really pay attention till the week leading up to it. Um, you know, they have their own lives, their own jobs, their own everything else. I mean, we live and breathe this every day. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, so yeah, maybe uh, like you said yesterday, maybe taking calls this Friday. Might be a way to figure out the temperature of the listeners. Yeah, I think it might be a good idea because I, I mean, th- I mean, this is crazy. So I'm looking at the story, Clark County. They had their little news conference. They're like, oh, they're, I, and I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat right now. You're getting the heat. I don't care at this point. We're just burn them all for the Lord will know his own. Uh, Clark County Register of Voters Joe Gloria said in a news conference uh, that the deadline to verify mail-in ballots on Thursday, November 17th, that was the latest date for releasing the final unofficial election results. And they, you know, they still had, I mean, I'm looking, it's ridiculous when we all have to, every, you know, hour, we got to look, oh, what are the totals? You have one job. And it is a job that everyone learned how to do through the count on Sesame Street. You count. That's all you do. You count. In fact, you don't even have to count. You got a damn computer that'll do it for you. You count. You watch it count. That's all you do. <sighs> yeah, so they're still figuring out. They said it's too close to call for the governor's mansion between Sisolak uh, and uh, Clark County Sheriff Joe Lombardo. They were counting all, you know, they have a uh, half a million ballots counted in Clark County. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Going, I just, it is insane that it's still going on. We don't even know who's going to control the house. 
We don't know what's happening. I think there should be major punishment and penalties for states that don't get their ballots counted that by midnight on election night. I don't know what it's going to be. I think they should be punished with primaries and caucuses or something like that. Honestly, I think they should be absolutely penalized. Everybody who I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat, if you're in this state, if you're in if you're in Clark County, wherever you are, if your stuff is not counted by midnight, pack your bags, you're out. And you should be barred from holding public office for the remainder of your life. Ridiculous. Still don't even know. I mean, it's it's crazy when I see listeners on Facebook in the comments share with each other information about who may be running their country because they don't know yet. I just can't believe some of this. I just can't believe it. Hell, this makes Venezuela look like a, they have a better functioning democratic process than we do. And then you've got President McUnity Cheesebrain up there who's going, well, you know, democracy was saved. Democracy was the process. I mean, I'm just, you have these sentient skin tags that get up there behind microphones and they say this stuff. I mean, words have meanings, learn them. Good grief. It's ridiculous. So some of the other things that we have here. One of the, the one of the things that he said in his uh, press conference, and we're going to talk about this here coming up, is he said that uh, he wants Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter investigated. That is so rich coming from a guy who made millions of dollars off of helping the Chinese acquire the biggest cobalt mine in the world. That is so rich. Oh, the richness. We're going to discuss that here coming up. Also, nearly 70% of single women voted Democrat at midterms. Kane. You're going to have to probably hover over the button. I, I got some words. I have some thoughts. Got some thoughts on that. Everyone who thought the Herschel Walker remark was crazy is going to be like, what? <laughs> anyway, so we've got we got a whole bunch of stuff coming up. We've got I got woke for you. I don't know. Maybe we'll have some stuff today in our third world country electoral process. Who knows? Uh, but we're going to get into all of that. And I'm going to like I said, yesterday was positive. Today we're surly. Tomorrow it'll be a little better, but give us a day, okay? Give us a day. I live and breathe this. You guys know this. I was up till like 2 a.m. Give us a day, okay? Dana Lash here for Arc Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about Arc Seed Kits. You can visit Arc, A-R-K, ArcSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, Arc Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. And these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff. Designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home 
at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So let's look at the headlines. Boy, I don't think any of us are going to be doing this today. Maybe we should, though. Meditation works as well as Lexapro for treating anxiety. Lexapro sounds like software. Can I just be real? It does. Mindful Mindfulness meditation. That sounds like some hippie stuff. It worked uh, as well as a standard drug for treating anxiety in the first head-to-head comparison. And they said that the study tested a widely used mindfulness program. It includes two and a half hours. Okay, this is where you get me. Two and a half hours of classes weekly. That's two and a half hours. I don't want to commit to just sitting still in my head. I got to move around and do stuff. And 45 minutes additional daily practice at home. That's 45 minutes of sitting there. That's so stupid. It's dumb. Get a hobby. They were randomly assigned, blah, blah, blah. This is stupid. I'm done reading it. I don't like it anymore. Moving on. A sheriff apologizes after a legally blind man was arrested because his cane was mistaken for a gun. Is Kali, is this sheriff, is, were, were the, all the officers named a variation of Joe Biden? I'm just curious. Two deputies are suspended. A Florida sheriff apologized. A, a visually impaired man, he was arrested. He had literally had a cane. He was walking, a walking cane, and it was mistaken for a gun. And he was accused of resisting an officer without violence. And, I mean, it's literally one of those, what is it, the telescope, the, the ones that come out, the telescoping, yeah, whatever, canes. stick, yeah, yeah, exactly. It just, like, flips out, and then you can pack it up. I've had, like, great aunts that have had these things. It does not look like a gun unless you have no idea what a gun looks like. Can I just say that if you don't know the difference between one of these canes, a walking stick, and a gun, you shouldn't carry one as a cop? Okay, thank you. Uh, so yeah, the sheriff, and thankfully the sheriff was like, yeah, this ain't right, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they are, they're, they're going to be accountable. Uh, but that's just crazy. And the dude wasn't, he minding his own business. He just, and it's just crazy. Uh, we also have this, the, da, 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 ooh, uh, I'm not going to get into the, I want to get the Cobra one. Cause this is me. This eight year old boy is my spirit animal today. Eight year old Indian boy bites and kills a venomous Cobra that attacked him. This is amazing. Eight years old. His name's Deepak. He killed a cobra by biting the snake twice. It launched his own attack on the boy in uh, Joshpur, but he was like, not today, and he bit it himself. He bit it twice and killed it. He killed the snake. The eight-year-old boy killed the snake. I want to go into metal work so I can make a metal and give it to him and then retire from that profession. That's all I want to do. Stick with us. we got a lot more in store. It's Surly Day. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is 
their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. What I can't do is I can't guarantee that um, we're going to be able to uh, get rid of inflation, but I do think we can. What? It's our national hangover. It continues. Just this called malaise that instead of malaise, because malaise sounds boring. Welcome back to the show. You're curmudgeon. Not lovable today. You're surly curmudgeon here. Dana Lash, bottom of our first hour. I'm just venting to you because I've been living... You know, some every now and then I got to, we're going to open up phone lines tomorrow. <laughs> Katie bar the door. I don't even know what's going to happen. Rarely we do this, but it is, it, it, I, I'm curious as to where you all are. I mean, here he says that he is not, nothing, he's not going to change anything. Nothing he can do about inflation. Uh, so... We're just on this path to hell. I feel like I'm going to need that from some ACDC, Highway to Hell, just a little bit. Because it feels like that's kind of... I I mean, I can't guarantee we're going to be able to get rid of inflation, but we can. What? I I, I don't know. I I don't know. His his whole presser yesterday was a little wild. Um, It was... What did he say? Like, in one of his his remarks, when he said... uh, when he was asked uh, about the Hunter Biden investigation, he had this comeback that didn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Can I just hear that again? I'm sorry. Can I just because I I I wanted to ask you what he meant by this. Maybe I missed something. Go ahead. What's your message to Republicans who are considering investigating your family and particularly your son Hunter's business dealings? Lots of luck in your senior year, as my coach used to say. Oh, as my coach used to what? But that still doesn't make sense. I love, by the way, the. Uh, Sign language interpreter because she was even whiskey tango foxtrot like she had that. I what is well, let's look your senior year. Notice he didn't deny anything. He no, he didn't. Like, it was sounded like a challenge. Yeah, exactly. I'm up for a good challenge. What about you guys? It sounded like a challenge. I'm just saying, it did. So as we because people have been well, what's do you, do you have any, any insight on the latest? No, no one else does either. Everyone is speculating. Nobody has any insight on anything. I hate to be like that, but it really, it really, uh, it's true. Nobody knows. Nobody has any clue. Uh, we're just sort of waiting. I think, what is it? Kane and I were talking about this on break. Lauren Boebert out in California, third congressional district. Yeah, she's, she's been, um, what, 60, 64 votes ahead for how no, no, many she's hours? She's just behind, I think. Just behind by 64 okay, votes. Okay, that's right. And it's been like that for hours right now. It's like, really? <sighs> I think we need to end mail-in voting. That's my opinion. I am not supportive of mail-in voting. We were doing fine with absentee voting. People that took the time to say, hey, here are my verified documents. Here, Here's who I am. Here's I need a ballot, and I won't be in town or whatever. Absentee you know, I get that. voting, I get it. But mail-in that, voting. Because there are some things where... That came it, out of the pandemic. Yeah. Mail-in voting is stupid. It should be abolished. It's stupid. No, we don't need it. We don't need it. 
And that's really a lot. I, I read, uh, what is it? There were, there were a couple hundred thousand votes last night. Katie Hobbs is the Democrat Secretary of State out there in Arizona. Huh. So the Democrat Secretary of State that oversees elections, none of the elections run right. She's also running for governor. Yeah. I'm not saying they're shenanigans. But if you want to definitely make people think that they're shenanigans, the first thing that you do as you're as a Democrat is you make sure that you can't do your damn job. You don't run the elections properly. And you're also running for another higher office at the same time. And all of this benefits you. That's a great way to make people not have faith in their system. That's a great way. Just a craziness. I. Uh, this. Uh, I mean, I, I, we picked up a couple of other seats. There were a couple of other House seats, and I was looking at some of the latest. I think that they're anticipating maybe a 25 pickup, plus 25. We'll see. But I do think, too, these midterms, and this is why he had this attitude yesterday. He feels, he kind of feels vindicated. You know what? Think about it. He experienced, I don't even like saying these words, but again, I have to also live by this rule in that I'm not, I may not like it all the time, but at least it's honest. He experienced, I think, a smaller margin of loss than previous presidents at this point. I don't like saying this either. Now, I think that there's a lot that goes into this. It's not the same landscape as 2016 or even 2020 because I think lockdown changed everything and then we had some redrawing of districts and all kinds of stuff but his I I think what what the right was anticipating was a crushing rebuke and the left didn't get that I think that's also animating a lot of other people's resentment today because it does feel like there's never any accountability I mean think about it you you have these states and yes in states where you had some of the strictest lockdowns. I think that there were definitely some, there was some movement there. Uh, I, I think it was harder for them to defend some of their seats. But where was the, where was that rebuke from all of those policies? Kane, did you see it? No. Am I, I now, please keep in mind that I am the harshest cynic yeah. out there. The heir of Diogenes. But at the same time, I just don't, that's not what I, I don't see it. I was, that's one of the things I was looking for last night. And I don't, I don't see it. And I get that that's why voters feel, uh, they feel resentful over this. Then you have this stat. Nearly 70% of women, single women, voted Democrat in midterms. I reject, and I'm going to, I really reject that abortion played that much of a role. I know that's what a lot of the the prognosticators are saying today and yesterday, but I, I actually disagree with that. Because I've seen surveys where Democrats did not count it as being important, as important to them as everything else. I mean, if truly, if abortion was the actual motivator, and you have to also, the polls are only a, an honest measure when, when you look at how the questions are asked. So many of these are push polls. They, already, they basically give you an answer as a question and you just agree to it. So you kind of, you have to keep that in mind. But I just, it's really difficult for me to believe that that was the big driving factor. If you're, if, if, if it's, if it's, you know, taxpayer funded abortion on demand, if that's prioritized over the economy, you deserve the leadership you get. 
You deserve every bit of it. I don't want to hear nobody complaining. I'm not kidding. But I don't think necessarily that that was it. I think that there are some other factors that are involved in this. Now, the 70% of single women, this was, now keep in mind the surveys that were coming out of Wall Street Journal and New York Times, the New York Times Siena poll. So it was married individuals that favored GOP candidates. And a lot of those, in looking at the Wall Street Journal and New York Times surveys, a lot of those included married women also. This was specifically single women. It was 68% of single women marked their ballots for Democrat politicians, a plus 37 margin over the Republican Party. And that's kind of, I think there is a point. When you look at the breakdown, uh, married women went for Republicans by 14 points. Uh, I'm looking at some of these statistics. This one actually comes, let me make sure I get the attribution correctly. This comes by way of Brad Wilcox, who's over at AEI. And also it's for the Atlantic. The married women broke for Republicans plus 14, unmarried men plus seven, unmarried women plus 37 for Democrats. It's interesting. Yeah. You're going to have a giant coalition of Karens. I mean, I, I, I joke, but it, it. I do think, and I know that this point has been made, and I've talked about it in one of my previous books. I talked about it in uh, uh, Flyover Nation. There is an absolute, I think, incentive for the left to maintain that demo. Because think of all of the, the all, all of the propaganda. There's just, there's been this movement to strike the nuclear family because the family unit is more influential and more powerful than government way more powerful and to deconstruct any other influence in someone's life anything that could influence someone more so than the government could well that's that's that has to be an accomplishment of a successful tyranny and there is a major incentive for the left that really worships at the altar of big government they the bigger the government the happier they are and the people that cheer it are power adjacent to this there is a, an incentive for them to keep that demographic what it is unmarried women these are the same people that go out there and tell women oh my gosh you're empowered enough to do whatever you want to do oh my gosh except for raise a baby <laughs> I mean, yes, it's like literally what nature kind of designed you to do. But at the same time, you're just too weak and too stupid to do it. That's, that's, the, that's the unspoken narrative of all of this. And we have a whole industry that buys into it. A whole industry. It's unbelievable. I know my friend Jesse Waters was getting heat. He was saying that you got to get him married. And what's, where, where is he wrong? And? I, I think a lot of people have been sold this line that you can't go and be a professional and you can't do these things and you can't, you can't have a home life. I completely reject that. I mean, I've done all these things. <laughs> I just totally reject it. 
It's weird, and it's not anecdotal. There's a lot of other women that have lived these lives that go out and they do what they want to do professionally, and they also are able to have their families. That's empowerment. They're not allowing the government to influence them or one party that wants bigger government influence them and tell them that they're too weak to have a family, but you can rely on Uncle Sam. That's true empowerment. Your empowerment doesn't come from government. Your empowerment comes from self. That's one of the, that's one of the key components of that animating spirit of liberty, which makes us the United States of America. That's very interesting, though, building a whole coalition of Karens. And that is, to me, that's striking. I, I don't know if women are ever going to see that grift. When I was younger, and I think I told you guys this before, I was raised entirely, I didn't know a Republican until I went to college, and I'm not exaggerating. I did not know a Republican until I went to college. And always been a Democrat, family was Democrat, worked in Democrat politics even. And so that was my normal. That was, you know, that's what you're raised with. It's like a heritage belief, you know. And the big thing about female empowerment and feminism and all this, I remember when I was in school, the feminists for Bill Clinton buttons that were going around. Oh, also there was the Gore Clinton, uh, the Clinton Gore Confederate flag ones too. Uh, but I remember the feminists for, for Clinton. I remember all that. And then after the whole thing with Monica Lewinsky happened, it was a very interesting case study in hypocrisy when I watched all of these quote unquote feminist leaders dog this young woman who was, I think there was a, a, an exchange of exploitation there, but definitely he was the senior individual and should have known better. But that was never assumed, nor was it ever brought up. You're not allowed to make that point. It was all on her because they liked him. It was weird. And then they just sort of like shoved Hillary Clinton to the side so it just it does just a lot of stuff that and I just watched that and I was like that's one that's a huge betrayal to watch women attack another woman because they like the man. But that's women for you. Women are catty, man. Feminists are the cattiest of them all. Very interesting though. But I don't know if they're if I I, I think that you have to grow up and then realize that and be open-minded enough to realize that you held some wrong beliefs and not a lot of people on the left want to do that it's a pride thing for them they are very prideful about their beliefs they identify themselves by that more than anything else and so to to admit that you were wrong about something that's a that's i mean that's they look at that as like a moral failing it's a very it's a very ego-driven thing that is why you have some people, I think, that argue some of the dumbest things out there because they will never, ever, they look at it as admitting defeat. And that's not how we look at it, but that's how they look at it. You have to be incredibly open-minded to admit that you're wrong about something. And that's where I think this, it has to come in with this demo. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors 
professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new, completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. Biden's being a popular, a pop, a, 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 a cop, Biden's being an extremist. What? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It sounds like that. It sounds like Porky Pig. Clear. What was he trying to say? By the way, don't sit here and be like, well, he's got to stop. I, I've heard this man. Have you listened to anything that he, any of his speeches that he's made in the years prior? I remember when he was. Now, I don't remember, but I remember watching the video of it because I think I was maybe one. But he was he had tore into Reagan at one point. And I've I've watched all his speeches where he's tearing into uh, uh, Clarence Thomas. He had no problem then. It's because he's he's basically he's the OG Fetterneck. That's what he is. Yeah. Can I hear it again? Yeah. What was he trying to say? Apocalyptic? Yeah. That's what he was trying to say. Yes. Biden's being a popular, Biden's being an extremist. Oh my gosh. Bodega. Cisse Podway. So it runs in the family? Yeah. Is that what it is? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Coming up in our second hour, folks. So apparently now they're, they're saying, well, maybe Elon Musk should be looked at just because he runs a platform that we can't run anymore. Yeah, that's a, that's ultimately what it is. We're going to discuss that. Uh, plus, uh, we I mean, do we uh, the latest on midterms? Do we have we don't have anything. Uh, also, now, Kevin McCarthy and all these others, Steve Scalise, everybody's launching their bid for speaker. Does it look like that we're all in a mood for that? Do you think that we're all in a mood for that right now? I don't think we are. Y'all in a mood? I'm not in a mood for that right now. We're going to talk about that. We're going to get into all of that. Paul Ryan's out again. He's back talking. Oh, wait until you hear this. Oh, just wait. Just wait. We got a whole bunch coming. Stick with us. Second hour on the way. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. We saw Governor Ron DeSantis with a resounding victory in Florida uh, last night. Who do you think would be the tougher competitor, Ron DeSantis or former President Trump? And how is that factoring into your decision? It'd be fun watching them take on each other. Oh, I'm sure it would be. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they would, of course, the media would want that. Democrats want that. Democrats want it because they, I think that they want, well, they want those guys to take each other out to make it easier for President McUnity there. Welcome back to the program. You're surly curmudgeon here. Two days later, and we're still counting votes. <sighs> Top of our second hour here this Thursday. Two days after, I just got the, let me pull this up. I just saw, I just saw this. Hold up. Uh, Lauren Boebert is up by 0.2% now in Colorado's third congressional district. She, she's up 98% of the votes in, and she's up 386 ballots. Two days later. I mean, come on. This is so ridiculous. And then you have, I got I to gotta share this audio soundbite with you too, because uh, there was uh, the weeping and gnashing of the teeth regarding Florida. Democrats don't know how to deal with Florida yet, so they haven't addressed it. This is not the brightest analysis, but I just want to show you we have some election deniers in our midst. Not our midst. I mean, they're over like in the other area because we don't hang out with them. But uh, over the uh, hens over at the view, the hen house. Listen. Ron DeSantis <laughs> is the king of Florida and has done what no one thought could be done. That's which the narrative. I told you, which I told you yesterday was yeah. going to be the case. Yes. I told you he was going to win bigly. Mm-hmm. But listen. Ron DeSantis barely won in 2018 by 35,000 votes by the skin of his teeth against a black progressive little known mayor from Tallahassee, Florida. It did yesterday. He won by 20 percentage points. Why? Because he gained the system. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? That's that's so ridiculous. By the way, he won by over goodness, well over uh, 1.5 million votes uh, last night. But this whole, yeah, or last night, Tuesday night, but this whole barely one, that's not actually even accurate. But that's, she sounds like an election denier. Hmm, sounds like some election denying to me, and we know what we think about those people. Is that right, Kane? Oh, yeah. Election denying. It's what it sounds like. threats to democracy. I mean, insurrectionism right there. That's, I mean, exactly what I'm hearing. I'm hearing some insurrectionism-isms. It's what, you know, just there you go. I, um, it's pretty, that's... Yeah, he didn't game the system. He actually just like won people to vote for him. But I wrote about this a little bit. I had a I didn't do like a whole big giant synopsis of everything. But I wrote I touched on the split ticket thing because I still don't think enough attention was paid. Nobody was really talking about that in the media yesterday. And that is so incredibly big uh, because when you look and I just want to touch on these two things. And the reason I bring it up is because Republicans have got to figure out how to talk to this. They've got to figure when you have a big tent, you have to be able to deal with us. And when you look at because I noted, you know, in in Ohio, for instance, you had Mike DeWine. He had a 25 point lead. And he cruised to victory easily. But J.D. Vance only had a six point lead. So you had some there and there was some split ticket stuff happening, meaning you would have some people that voted for Mike DeWine and other people that voted for Tim Ryan. Or maybe some people voted for J.D. Vance and some people voted for, you know, the Democrat challenger for governor. But, you know, by and large, it was mostly people going for DeWine and then Tim Ryan. So that's and it's you saw this in New York, too, because you had Kathy Hochul. She won the governor's race. But underneath her, well, you know, throughout the rest of the state, Republicans flipped four congressional seats. So there were people voting for Democrat governor and then Republican House seats. That's really interesting. And that makes it a little bit harder to figure out how you're going to handle your voter outreach. Do you see so you see what I'm saying? Why this is such a major issue? 
And so far, I have not, I don't have any confidence. I haven't heard anything from Republicans as to how they plan on dealing with us. They seem entirely unprepared. That's what happens when you have a big tent, though. So you got to figure out your messaging on this. And you also have to look at, not only do you have to figure out your messaging nationally, but you got to look at how you're going to deal with it state by state, because New York is different from, you know, uh, Ohio. And Ohio, I think, is now pretty reliably red. But that was really interesting. Plus 25 for DeWine and only plus six for Vance. And then with, when you look at, uh, I think, some of these other, like New York was huge. There were, there were a number of things here. I want to touch on something else, too. Uh, because we, and again, when I get latest numbers in, it's day two from midterms here in our ridiculously third world country process, apparently now. Uh, I'll share that with you. I saw these headlines about how Kevin McCarthy's launching his bid for Speaker of the House. The House Freedom Caucus says, yeah, 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 not so fast. Not so fast. Yeah, House Freedom Caucus. Mm. Jim Jordan said that he, he's, he's supportive of McCarthy. He, we talked to him yesterday. He said he's supportive of McCarthy. And then you have Steve Scalise, who's apparently launching a bid as well. And I think that, I mean, I think that McCarthy, they, he's got to fight for it because he was not handed a mandate. He really was not handed a mandate. So this is stuff that they got to fit. They got to get all figured out and all this. It, it, it's just, it's man. But the, I also feel like it's a little, I, I want to hear before we sit here and, and start, you know, rotating the chips on the board. I kind of want to really see what is. What, what what do they have? What are their plans? What are their what are they going to do? What are they what are they going to do here? What how are they going to talk to all this? How are you going to how are you going to handle how are you going to handle split ticket? Hmm. How are you going to do that? Jeez. I'm just I'm frustrated because I feel like and and everybody talking about 2024. I feel like it's a little early. Yeah, I mean, we Republicans were handed an advantage that they squandered, and now everybody's going to sit here and try to cast lots for 2024. Seriously, I also kind of feel like a. I, I wrote this last night: a Trump versus DeSantis brawl is going to make us feel like kids watching our divorced parents fight. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I don't even talk about it. It's making me depressed. I, my mom and dad get along. Oh man. The other thing that we need to figure out is where the money's going. My friend Jesse Waters made mention of this yesterday, and I thought he was spot on because he asked some questions that nobody else was willing to ask. Where is all the money going? I I mentioned this uh, yesterday on on yesterday's radio broadcast. I wanted to play this from Jesse real quick. This is audio sound by 15. Uh, Listen to this. McConnell spent close to $400 million on these Senate candidates. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but that is a lot of money. And we didn't pick up a single seat. So either some of these candidates are garbage or the money's not being well spent. But Trump's sitting on a massive war chest in Mar-a-Lago. Where'd that money go? We don't know. That's, these are good questions to ask. How is, how is, how are this, how's this money being spent? And I think candidate quality comes into play too. The reason I bring this up is I, I always like to provide some kind of clarification. And when I was looking at I, watching a lot of the back and forth and people were like, oh, McConnell didn't do this or didn't do that. I'm not, 
I'm not exactly what you would call a, a, and I think it goes without saying as long as I've been on air. I mean, with there's receipts. I, I'm not like the biggest fan, but I do appreciate the fact that we have a conservative Supreme Court. And what is it? One in every four circuit court judges is a Trump nominee because he guided him through. So I do appreciate that. But one of the reasons why I wanted to correct this narrative is because I think that not correcting it enables us to not be not hold people accountable for how donor money is spent. You know what I mean? If we're not being accurate about it, then how are we going to tell them how to correct it? So when I was looking at, into some of this, and I stay out, I don't care about the power jockeying because I'm ideological, not political. And when I was looking at where money was going, so McConnell's thing is the Senate Leadership Fund. They were, according to Ad Impact, the highest spending advertiser of the, elect, of the election cycle. In, in the Pennsylvania race alone, they poured $41 million in. And I looked that up after I was watching some of these, you know, really bad uh, paid operatives who masquerade as pundits try to assert that that didn't happen. I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I want it, but the, And usually what that money goes to is it goes towards like usually you have like phone banking, you have mailers are incredibly expensive. I mean, you all know how much mailers are. I only know because I like I volunteered on campaigns and I got to see some of this. I mean, they're expensive. Uh, ad buys are incredibly expensive, whether it's radio or television or digital. It's all very, very pricey. So they had that Senate leadership fund. They poured forty one million dollars into that Pennsylvania race to help to help bail out Oz. Now, one where a lot of the stuff started, the fighting on this went back to Arizona. So Peter Thiel two of his like protégés one of them is Blake Masters in Arizona and the word is that he was a big factor in influencing Trump to endorse Masters in Arizona and so then Peter Thiel he had like pledged x amount but then there was some fighting because some were saying that he didn't not, he failed to properly secure his you know these these people's campaigns with cash. He wanted to be a, he wanted to go in like the accusation was he wanted to be a kingmaker, but then he didn't put up enough money to do it. And so there was some back and forth because he wanted McConnell's Senate Leadership Fund to do it. McConnell was already looking at apparently a couple of you know like Georgia. They put a lot millions of dollars into Georgia, millions of dollars into Pennsylvania. Uh, I mean, I don't think it was actually the only dif- the only disagreement I would have with Jesse is I don't think it was like 400 million. I think it was closer towards 300 uh, million dollars. It was over a quarter of a, a billion dollars, though. That's how much that Senate leadership fund was spending into all of this. And they poured millions into Georgia. And I linked all of this with the actual receipts on my newsletter, by the way. And so that was the the back and forth with McConnell and Peter Thiel about Arizona because McConnell's like, oh, my gosh, you're going to help. This is awesome because now we can I can pour some of this money into some of these other races. And Thiel was like, no, I feel like I've donated enough and that this this race is safe. That's what he pretty much said about Masters. He was like, I feel like I've done enough. McConnell's like, whoa, 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 you can't do that. Or the Senate leadership fund and the people who make those decisions were like, wait, wait a minute. You can't do that after we already allocated this stuff for these races. Oh, my gosh. And this is this is kind of the difference, too, when you have people who don't know because you you when you make your ad buys, you have a deadline for to purchase, you know, the time. And then after that passes your SOL. And so when you have all this money that's allocated and you're pledging this money to the campaigns and they're making their buys and they're doing all this stuff, you know, that money at that point is tied up. And so there's the difference between someone who isn't involved in the politics of it and doesn't understand how the how the sausage is made and then someone who does. And so that's where the rub was, apparently. 
And so they were trying to figure out how they're going to get. Finally, Thiel was per, was persuaded to put more money into that race, which I think, you know, and, and I think Trump should Trump's can't, his Trump backpack put in 16 million. And I kind of want to know, like, where's how is all this being spent? And and I think Trump's from what I read, it was 16 million for all the election cycle. I And that's I don't know if there's more. I don't know. But that's what I've been able to find. So my question is that how is this money being spent? And I think if you're going to get involved in the race and throw your rate weight around, then you need to also put up the you know required amount of cash to help those candidates shore up that seat. And you can't afterwards when you fail to do that. I just don't know if it's entirely fair to freak out at the Senate leadership fund because they're dealing because they're bailing out all the. I mean, I get I, I wrote about this and I said I know we got to get moving. But I, 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 yes, McConnell's a Senate leader, so he's expected to help bankroll candidates. But I also think that the former president, that doesn't absolve him of responsibility as the de facto party leader. And when you're hinting about running again in 2024, and when you want to endorse people and pick the people running in races, you kind of also have that responsibility to secure that seat. I think that's a reasonable, right? So that I just I wanted to look at I just correct that we got a whole bunch of stuff to get into including the latest two days later still count votes Dana Lash here for ARC Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about ARC Seed Kits. You can visit ARC, A-R-K, ARCSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, ARC Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. Talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff. Designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. First up, the oldest sentence in history was discovered. I really, I've made of jokes on this, but uh, the oldest sentence written in the earliest known alphabet has been discovered. It was carved into an ivory comb and... The sentence reads, it's in Canaanite script, it reads, quote, May this tusk root out the lice of the hair and the beard. That's about beard lice? Yeah. That was gross. And they even found microscopic evidence of grody lice in the comb. That's so nasty. So that's, yay. They they think it's 3,700 years old. Yay. It's great. Let's go ahead and put that in our time capsule. (laughs) 
racist. I don't know. SNL writers are boycotting because somebody funnier than them is going to host. It's Dave Chappelle. That's what it is. So they are. It's probably because they don't have no work to do. The reason they can boycott them because when Dave Chappelle comes comes on set, they don't they don't have nothing to do because he's actually funny. Anyway, they're like he made transphobic jokes. Get over it. Uh, moving on. Ooh, this is kind of crazy. NBC one dead, others sickened in a listeria outbreak linked to deli meat and cheese. CDC says. They said it was uh, six states, apparently, 16 people in six states. And it happened uh, from April 21 to September of this year. And in New York, seven of them were in New York. I really am weird about deli meat. Can I be real? Like, deli meat to me is weird. I don't eat deli meat because it's weird. If I want ham, like, I'm going to get some ham. But I'm not going to get, like, sliced deli meat in the package on the little hook. Not going to do it. Stick with us. We got more in store. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beats Art Shoes are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president. Um, I know there's some variables, obviously. <laughs> but just a few. Just a few. <laughs> but I just, you know... It, it, what he did in the in the super red, deep red parts of Pennsylvania and the way that he ran ahead of Biden, as you were saying, ran ahead of Trump. I mean, it just makes it makes you wonder about his future. Really? That's MSNBC. They're floating Fetterneck as the potential president. Oh, my gosh. I know there's some variables, like the fact that he doesn't know really where he is and he can't really talk and, you know, he's in recovery and it's so bad. Welcome back to the show. You're surly curmudgeon here with you. Oh, man. I wish I had better news. I, well, I, look, this is what I do have for you. Hold up. Hold up. So apparently Cook Political Report has some raw data. And what they're saying is that Republicans did better in the 22 midterms. It was plus 6.1 than they did in the 2014 midterms, plus 5.7. Can I just, Ann, like how far back do you have to go? <laughs> right? Look, they did way better, guys. Way better. In 2014, look, you did better than in 2014. Oh, wow. So that's dumb. Did we, so, did we do better in 2010? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, go back further. Go back even more. I, I don't know. Like, what is that even? Is that, it might be an ignorant. I just, that seems so stupid. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, whatever. You know, so they did better then. It's in 2014. Okay. 
Yeah, they said the GOP is ahead in the generic congressional vote by six plus. Uh, so can we wait for everything in first? We don't even know yet. We're still counting. They don't know how to count above 360, apparently, uh, the people doing the elections out in uh, Congressional 3rd District in Colorado. What comes after 360? <laughs> is it five? But there's three numbers here to make one larger number. What comes after that? Right? It's where we're at. We don't know how to count. Oh, man, alive. So, uh, as I said, welcome back. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter over on Substack, Chapter and Verse, because if anything happens, I'll put it out there, and uh, I'll have the link on uh, Facebook, too. But Harry Dillon, had, she tweeted a little bit ago and said the biggest problem right now in Arizona, it's Maricopa and Pima County. And she says the Pima recorder is even more political, less cooperative than Maricopa. She says to her, it kind of looks like they're slow walking some stuff. I mean, if you wanted to look at the, let's look at, mm, let's go and look at the Pima County recorder. Oh boy. I mean, so you want, oh man, she's got everything that you would want in her bio. Uh, She's got pronouns, ding, zenial, ding, which, what is stop with that? That's so stupid. That's what they call baby Gen Xers. Either be Gen X or millennials. Shut up. Uh, Oh, and then she has dismantling white supremacy, ding. Man, your bingo card's already almost full if you were counting all this. So, yeah, she's like super politicized. What was it? Someone was telling me. Who is it that is it USPS that does that that carries the the transports the the votes, the ballots? And they're allowed their unions allowed to make endorsements, right? Apparently. So why are they allowed to transport ballots if you can make endorsements Great question. right i mean i understand that people are going to have their political beliefs but i think that when you seek government jobs you forfeit that yeah. kind of as a trade-off because that undermines i'm just going to say if you want to undermine people's uh trust in the electoral system their faith in the system being overly political while having these government positions is a really great way to do it that's a, just a great way to do it. And that's kind of what we're seeing. I just can't believe what it's, it's. I mean, we're literally in the middle of our second hour on Thursday. And we still don't have totals. We still do not have totals. <sighs> I know. Let's get into a couple of other things here. So uh, on Twitter... I've noticed that, I guess they're doing the blue chat. How do you even do that? How do you even find that? I'm not paying $8. If they take mine away, then oh well. Uh, but I guess you can pay the $8 and get the thing now? Yeah, I've been seeing it all over. Where do you even, I, I don't even know where. So here's, they've been having problems already. <laughs> so it's actually kind of funny. So they've had LeBron James and others impersonated by verified accounts. Some have already been suspended. It's the $7.99 a month version of Twitter Blue. So you can pay for the blue check. And they said that, uh, what is it? A bunch of athletes have already been parodied. Rudy Giuliani was parodied. Oh, but then they also have, they also have uh, uh, George W. Bush. He was, he was parodied. They, I mean, and it had like the official, they had a fake Nintendo and it was Mario giving everybody the finger. And then they had at George W. Bush's. And it said, I miss killing Iraqis. That's what he had. And it was verified. Did you see the rest of them? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. 
And it said, y'all are missing the point about the $8. It's a small price to make this app completely unusable. And I'm assuming he's going to quickly learn we can get refunds from the credit cards we use if he suspends us prior to a month. And then there was LeBron. They had uh, a fake LeBron James. I am officially requesting a trade. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's actually hysterical. So that's not going so well for everybody. I, I don't know. Has the throttling stopped yet? I don't even know if that stopped. The shadow banning? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So there was also the official. So they had this label that he had that was called official that was given to some verified accounts earlier. And that was his, I guess, answer to trying to figure out the legitimacy of an account outside of the blue check mark. And then when somebody said that his official badge was gone, Musk said, oh, I killed it. So he said that the blue check mark is going to be the great leveler. And he goes, please note, Twitter will do lots of dumb things in the coming months. We will keep what works and change what doesn't. (laughs) I just think it's all funny. I don't know. I'm just watching it. I'm just sitting here. I'm just going to, you know, eat my popcorn and watch and wait for the 10 years it's going to take for the votes to come in. You know, who knows? All right. So I wanted to switch to the wokery. Let's get some wokery in while we, you know, nobody knows what the hell's going on with the country. Hey, let's see. Oh, let's do this one. The great Miss Greater Dairy. <laughs> I loved that when the photo went out on this, they actually had felt like they had to circle the individual about whom this was. This is about this, you know, this lives a TikTok. And it said a biological male won Miss Greater Dairy, which is a beauty pageant in New Hampshire under the Miss America organization. Brian Nigan became the first uh, transgender to win a title under the organization. Uh, he is a, I mean, they did, they circled it because there's one large, or a big gal, (laughs) big girl in a red dress. She's like two of the other ones. And then you realize that's a dude. Yeah, that is a total, that's a dude. Uh, yeah, I, it's a male. Who is... She sounds hideous. Well, she's a guy, so... Yeah, it was a guy. Uh, I mean, look at... So, he's standing next to Miss Portsmouth. He could break Miss Portsmouth in half. If if, So, if you're watching the nationally... The simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show, Miss Portsmouth is the littlest, littler girl next to him. And she looks tiny. And he could just break her and throw her in half. So he was chosen uh, to be the Miss Greater Dairy. So he took the female title away from all of the females. So he made all the women irrelevant. Because now Miss America is about dudes, apparently. Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. Yeah, it's ma'am. Miss Greater Dairy. You know, we wouldn't have known if they hadn't circled him, that this fella in the picture. You know, we wouldn't have known. I mean, I'm just like, let me, for those of you who can't see it, let me describe it for you. So he's, uh, there's a bunch of, uh, a bunch of young ladies in cocktail gowns, cocktail dresses. All of them are in cocktail dresses. And they all have their sashes, miss so-and-so, miss this town, miss that town. And then right in the middle, <laughs> right in the middle is this rather large individual in a in a red gown and that is uh miss greater dairy 
Oh, and he got a scholarship too. So there was a woman who didn't get a scholarship. Hmm. I mean, it's a great, I mean, this is great. I mean, because we wouldn't have known who he was had they not circled it. He just blended right in, you know. We would not have known. I mean, man, what? We would not have known. It's like wearing pink camouflage out in the, out in the woods. We wouldn't have known, Kane. We really wouldn't have. I, I have, I've got questions. Uh, because it's the, this is between the ages of 17 and 24. And honestly, I really feel like the one girl he's standing next to, she looks like she's 14. But she's probably seven. She's probably like the youngest there. I mean, I just, I've got, I don't know. I got questions about this. Then there was this. Let me pull this up. I got this too. A Kansas school district, they're under fire because they banned students who are in woman face from using the, the girls' bathrooms and playing on sports teams of choice. They have to use their birth assigned gender. Despite, uh, and the teens, of course, are not happy about it. It's the Gardner Edgerton School Board. They approved this policy. And they argue the people who are protesting against it claim that it isolates and targets transgender students for harassment, contributes to their mental health. You're talking about where you go take a deuce, okay? If If you are so hung up on where you do your business, then maybe you have other issues that are completely unrelated to it. Women have every right to feel safe and secure in locker rooms and bathrooms. Men have no right to push up on them. No, no, no. That's what this is about. Why is like on bathrooms of all the things? And I wouldn't want a girl who's cosplaying in boy face to be going into the boys' bathrooms either. Because remember, it's not about who you're who, to whom you're attracted it's about how you you know you can identify as uh you can be a dude and identify as a chick and still be attracted to chicks i just shouldn't you be focused on i don't know grades this is just getting it's getting ridiculous no pun intended it's it's just crazy so we okay I just got that. Mm. Sorry. how is it isolating someone it's contributing to my mental health but i want to go pee in this bathroom I'm glad that the parents and the school board are sticking up to that. I mean, I've seen so many students. We had a family member who went through that in their school. And it was an 18-year-old male that wanted to change in the female locker rooms. And uh, our family member, it was a cousin who was in the school, and she was uh, younger. She was under 18, did not feel comfortable changing in front of him in the, in the girls' locker room. And... I also think it's kind of big because one is is considered of age and the girls weren't considered of age. And the dude was, I mean, clearly a dude, super tall, you know, somewhat large. And that girls have every right to to say, no, this is our space. We want to be they were telling they were telling the girls, maybe you can go change in the bathroom down the hall. No. Why couldn't he? Why was it that the male is always accommodated, but the women are always told, no, you're going to have to go somewhere else. If, if he says he's uncomfortable going into the men's room, that's listened to. But if girls say they feel uncomfortable about having him in their changing areas, oh my gosh, then that doesn't count. Then you're a turf. I'm so tired of this stuff. I think it's, it's, I, I think it's harassment to demand that women share these spaces. I think it's sexual harassment and it's discriminatory. Good grief. But I'm glad to see that parents and students, because didn't you notice like at first, it kind of felt like students felt as though they couldn't push back on this. And now I think that they, they feel a little bit more empowered to do so. 
We have uh, more on the way. We're still watching. Any, I, we're not going to get anything today. We're not going to know a single damn thing about Maricopa. We're not going to know nothing about Arizona. We're not going to know nothing about Nevada. They're going to drag this out for as long as possible. I, I mean, how much you want to bet that they, go, they try to drag this out all the way past Thanksgiving, all the way up to that runoff in Georgia? I wouldn't be surprised, would you? I wouldn't. Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. God rest Rush. I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. Mitch McConnell's probably just fine with what happened in the midterms. Honestly. And so where do we look? Well, a lot of people are looking to Ron DeSantis, and there's good reason for that. He coined a great phrase, Florida is where woke goes to die. But he also governed that way. Check out the Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Hmm, I got a couple different stories here. A Florida man was pretending to be Irish while committing fraud. <laughs> this is new. Panama City, Florida. Florida man was arrested after committing multiple fraudulent transactions while pretending to be an Irish national. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement was aware of this man using the name of Declan Quinn to commit fraud. Uh, they found that Mr. Quinn had won the position of HOA Board of Directors President at its Washington County neighborhood. He used his standing in the community to obtain a $17,000 loan fraudulently. And then he even used the fake name to sign the, the uh, notary note saying that he's going to the, the, repay the loan, which he didn't do. And then they found out his name was Daryl Bulky, And he was a convicted felon out of Wisconsin. He also said he was a member of the Irish Army. He used a fictitious Irish... Okay, so I'm curious. Did he, did he fake the accent, too? That's what the story does not tell us, and I'm really upset with it. Because if you're going to go that far, I want to know. Did he fake the accent? Like, hello, I am Irish. Look at me. I love me lucky charms. I mean, like, what did he, what did he do? How did he... I'm just curious. We need to know these things. But he... Um, also obtained over $1,000 worth of items at a store. So he was arrested. He has a, He's charged with a bunch of third-degree felonies. So uh, let's see. I just shared in Slack with you guys a video of an underwear-clad man eating cheesecake in the middle of the Everglades. Uh, also, yes. Wait, yeah, that happened. I, I mean, it's not a news story, but it's like a video that exists. I don't even, I just, that's what, I don't know. It's, it's, it's Thursday. Uh, also, additionally, pull this up. A man accidentally stabbed himself while he was stabbing someone else, said Florida cops. It was a fight over a woman, and one man stabbed himself while he was stabbing somebody else, according to Hernando County Sheriff's Office in Florida. They don't know how exactly what happened, but both of the men ended up in the hospital. The fight erupted 1030 last Friday, and uh, they said that neither of the men lived there, but bad timing saw them bumping into each other. They became engaged in an argument over a woman who resides at the residence. One brandished a large knife, stabbed the other victim, and then during the incident, he stabbed himself. They found the 26-year-old suspect at the neighbor's home, and he said that he didn't have no ill intent when he stabbed the victim numerous times. He just wanted to put the fear of God in him. That's literally what he told the police. So they took the 24-year-old victim to the trauma center. He's expected to make a full recovery. The other guy was charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. His bond was set at $25,000. Yeah. We got third hour on the way. Oh, my gosh. Don't go anywhere. What's the meaning if uh, Lauren Boebert, the second most popular QAnon congressperson in MAGA, what if she goes, what if she loses? And what job will she have? Because I don't even think well, shooters think exist anymore. Pew, pew, I don't think shooters exist anymore. 
Well, well I, I guess it, it might be a it might be a gain for 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 OnlyFans. Uh, I, I don't know what you would do in this scenario, but I think that. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that was on MSNBC. With what's her face, Joy Reid, and that's Kurt Bardella, Bardella, whatever his name is. He's one of those clout chasers who became a Democrat when nobody paid attention to him when he was a Republican. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here with you. Third hour, yeah. So he said, "I and could you?" That was so cringe. It wasn't even as insulting as I think it could have been because he sucks at talking. He he was trying to set it up. Well, uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, can be an uh, OnlyFans. I mean, maybe that's what you do on your free time, but not everybody does, dude. I don't know. Good grief. And it's, I mean, high misogyny. Just, it's just so, it, she's, I think, what, three, how many is she behind now? How many votes is she behind? It's been the same for forever. Are you talking about Lauren? Yeah. No, I thought she's ahead. Is she ahead? No, oh, yeah, okay, she pulled ahead. But it'll it'll take them another two days to find some more votes. It's so ridiculous. But that remark on MSNBC and notice that Claire McCaskill, she just like, you know, bass fish gaped it, you know, she 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 what she looked like. What is it? That fish that was on the plaque that sings that used to be able to get over it. Uh, yeah, she had a Billy Bash, Billy Bass mouth. And. Just the misogyny of that, and of course, it would be this. It would be that dude, that dorky, nerdy dude. He's not even a nerd. This insults actual smart people. It's just cringe. Um, but he tried so hard to land it. He kept well, um, uh, well, it would be you know. We had to talk over what's her face, Joy Reid, who apparently cut her own hair that day, and then decided to talk over all of her guests on a program. Uh, as I said, welcome back, top of our third hour, and we're waiting for. Still, there's, you know, not that I just, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, I, I've got, uh, I got questions. We talked a little bit last hour and I was setting some context up about, yeah, Mitch McConnell did spend money in races. And I think we need to make sure that we're talking about that. But also at the same time, how are we spending this much money on anything, anybody? And you have an advantage in the Senate and you didn't, and we don't have a Senate, a clear cut Senate majority right now. How in the world is this possible? Where's the NRSC? You, you have Senate leadership. Where is this? Because that's the other part of it. I can sit here and, th- and say, yeah, Trump needs to spend more. And Peter Thiel should not commit and then pull out and blah, blah, blah. But when you're running the Senate, though, that's kind of, you got one job. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe two, but that's kind of your job, right? How do we not have this? How do we not have this? This major- Why is it at this point? I am so infuriated about this because we're still waiting. It's just this, you know, this kind of a stalemate. We're just kind of, you know, just still waiting. So I'm, um, I, I, I think Laxalt, what did you say, Steve? Because we were looking at the Nevada race. I'm pulling up. I got to refresh everything. Because oh, uh, in, Laxalt was down by like 300 so votes. Yeah, uh, that's that's crazy. Yeah, they said that there was still going to be. They said it was going. They were, could be counting all of this until next week. Can you look quizzical? Why are you yeah, so quizzical uh, looking? Just in a little pain over here, but um, 
Yeah, this is going to th- – I think there are rural counties that still have to come in for Nevada, so I think that's going to be a plus for Laxalt. And uh, Pueblo still to come in for Colorado, so that – yeah, that's 50-50. So with Bobert ahead slightly, who knows how this will end up. Florida has almost – has like over six times the population of Nevada. Have you guys seen the hurricane rolling through in, in Nevada? Or uh, Florida, rather? Yeah, I know. It could have been. That would have been crazy. Have you seen the hurricane rolling through towards Florida? Yeah. Bearing down, making like, I, yeah, it's a it's a cat one. But they were able to prepare for the hurricane, get all their votes counted, put to bed, and have all their now they're already on to the next thing, living their lives. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nevada. Two days later, here we are, still counting. No idea what's going on. I, that's ridiculous. There's no exception. There's no. There's no. No reason. No excuse. Nothing for this at all whatsoever. And I mean, you got houses straight up collapsing into the ocean in Florida. Three hundred thousand people without access. Because uh, what is it? It's hurricane or is it tropical? Did it go back to a week into a tropical storm right as it was approaching Florida? But they still they got all ready for it. Got their votes counted. They're done. They're good. No worries. Meanwhile, we have Arizona. Georgia and Nevada that are out. The states that are going to determine the Senate. I gave you the map uh, last night in the email that I sent out to you. Because, I mean, it could come down to Laxalt. If Masters doesn't take Arizona, I'm not sure how big donors are going to go all in spending to maintain the status quo. So if you add Nevada for Laxalt, that's 50 to 48 uh, for Republicans. Adding Georgia for Walker puts us at the majority 51. And then if you have masters, it's 52. I mean, it is doable, but uh, I mean, that's it's I just can't. It's where we are now, Georgia. We're not going to know that till December. It's December 6 runoff because they none of them, none of them met the threshold to, to ward that off. But in Arizona, I mean, you have I can't even say what the estimated vote in is 76 percent. And that was last updated at uh, maybe an hour ago 76 percent in in nevada it's 84 percent in and that was updated uh, a little bit ago this morning that's ridiculous that is ab- that's absolutely ridiculous so you have almost six times the population of nevada that's florida Three times as many people live in Florida as do Arizona. And Florida didn't have these issues. And they got the tropical storm bearing down on them. I mean, this is Brian Kemp. He uh, won his gubernatorial bid. He's pledged to help Walker's runoff race. He said that his campaign is working with Walker's operation. Walker apparently already raised $3.3 million to boost him in the runoff. He says, we're going to do what they want us to do. We're already putting our heads together to see how. We can help. I had somebody who remarked, why didn't he do this earlier? Like he kind of had a race of his own to run. Genius. What do you think Stacey Abrams is doing down there? Good grief. Come on. So they're all in to make it happen. And I think Ted Cruz is going down there to campaign for Walker. Now we just got to figure out Nevada and Arizona. Because, I mean, you got you to have one of those two. You have to have two of these three in order to have 
if we're going to have a majority. Got to have two of the three. So, I mean, I think it can happen, but I mean, the way it is with the latest, and then I'm to say nothing to Colorado, we're still waiting for some stuff to, uh, out of there, but good grief. It's just, it's insane. We still don't even know. Where's, uh, let me find uh, some of the latest. Carrie Lake. Because she doesn't, is it crazy? We don't even know this. We don't even know. In Arizona, again, you got 76% in. I saw a photo of apparently Katie Hobbs in one of the, I dropped that in Slack for you, Kane. Did you see that? It's time stamped. She was in one of the ballot rooms. At 1037 a.m. I mean, if you want to further undermine people's trust in the system, this is, again, a great way to do it. So Hobbs and Lake, uh, it's 50.3 Hobbs, 49.7 Lake, with 76 in, 76% in. And really close in Nevada, because Lombardo, 84% of the vote in, as we said, uh, He's in the lead, and I, good grief. So this, and then we got some other house seats. I think what they, they're projecting, it might end up going like 25, might be 25. It's what they, what we end up having, plus 25 seats. So there's a number of races. Still waiting for uh, Alaska, and then obviously several districts in Arizona, first, fourth, and sixth. Some in California, a whole bunch actually in California. Oh my gosh, a whole bunch of California. Uh, and there's a 96% of the vote in in House District 3, and Bobert's pulled ahead barely. She's 433 votes ahead. And this was last checked, uh, this was approximately one hour ago that this was, that this was updated. So you got a couple of other, you got some Maryland, Maine, uh, House District 1 in Nevada, 3, 4. Uh, so it's, I mean, there's just no reason why these are, these should still be out. None at all. I mean, it makes, it makes people, people can't help it to think that, oh, could be cheating then. Cause that's what it, it seems if you can't get all this done in that time. I mean, there you go. You got, wh- what else? You can't blame people for being suspicious. So that is kind of, that's the latest of where we are at with these races. And like I said, we're not gonna, I really don't see there being any other updates today if you're watching the simulcast Juan had put up the picture of uh katie hobbs in that weird uh and that well she's in the ballot room it was time stamped and all that so good heavens oh the fake ron DeSantis is out on twitter are they did they pay for the blue check yep. oh man eight dollars and you can go crazy 105 followers with a blue check mm-hmm See and see what happens. This is why that's kind of bad is that you can have someone parody somebody with a blue check. All the media will probably report it if they say something, you know, outrageous. And then that ends up living forever on the internet because none of these people correct their stories. And by the time it's corrected, I mean that's already out there. It's already, you know what I mean? It's too late. So there's the problem. Good grief. How many more? I mean, like the ballots that are I'm just, I'm just, this just crazy that this is still out like this. So I wish I had more. I really wish I had answers for you. I really do. I wish I had more answers. Uh, I wish if I controlled the process, maybe I would. But good heavens, there's, it's, it's the House leans Republican too close to call for, for too many races. So I think that they need to slow their role. We, they were handed an absolute advantage and they, I just, it just shocks me that it's, it's just ridiculous.
You have this New York Post cover. I was kind of shocked by this. New York Post, uh, this is not helpful. They have, uh, they went after Trump on the cover of the New York Post, which seems like a pretty big pivot, I think, from previous. I don't think that that's helpful. I don't think it's helpful to, to have to do this right now. I noted this yesterday in this. Who is that? What's his name? Let me, let me pull him up. This this guy named. Uh, oh, he's former Governor Hogan. Larry Hogan. He was telling the media. He looks like a living Wallace and Gromit character. He told uh, the press that uh, he felt that it that what happened on election night moved him closer to a 2024 bid. And he says that we need a bigger boat. He says he, he his direct quote was, I felt like I was on a lifeboat all by myself in the GOP with everyone on the Trump Titanic. And Hogan wants to lead a return of normal Republicans. He said that his side, he was mentioned his side of the GOP. I'm like, what is the Larry Hogan side of the GOP? First off, nobody hardly even knows this guy. I don't even believe that this former governor was receiving calls all night. More than I believe that the super moderate has his own side. That's also not helpful. Be, I'm just suspicious of people who go hard either way on this, whether it's anti or pro. I am super suspicious of people who do it because I feel like they're all, I feel like they're immediately trying to get their claws in because they have some kind of benefit from setting the narrative early. I really, and I know some of them do. A lot of them are these K Street operatives out there, and I just don't trust any of it. So when I see somebody going hard one way or the other right now, because I think it's too, first, it's too damn early, in my opinion. I have, you know, everybody's got their, I don't know when it, I don't know when I think it's going to be, I, I think they got to figure out what happened election night. And can we figure out who the hell controls the Senate and House before we start looking at 2024 for five seconds? Can we just stop? I, I just don't feel like it's the time to do that right now. We have more on the way as we wait for our third world country results to come in here, I guess. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Redfin has fired 13% of their staff and exits the house flipping as the exits, house flipping is downturn accelerates. House prices sliding, sales plunging as the Federal Reserve hit the pause button on the quantitative easing this year. Most aggressive interest rate hikes in four decades. So it's really, really cooled down the housing market, which was which was kicked into high gear because of the lower interest rates and tighter inventories during lockdown. So the rising rate environment, now 30-year fixed mortgages, haven't, you haven't seen that since the dot-com collapse 20 years ago. So now they're cutting. They're not the only ones. There's a lot of people besides Redfin. A mother was blasted for taking her son to Hooters for his fifth birthday. Yeah, it said uh, uh, he was is a viral TikTok video. I hate TikTok. Has a, a, almost 7 million views. He's smiling and there's a bunch of waitresses singing happy birthday to him. And someone goes, who is taking their child to Hooters, especially on his birthday, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, my gosh. Is it really like would I take my kids to Hooters? Nah, probably not. But what's wrong with this kid? I don't. They're not cutting off his genitals and telling him he's a girl. So leave him alone. Stick with us. We got more in store. 
politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail, it's The Dana Show. Well, I, I'm not, I, I don't think we're going to break the fever for the super mega mega Republicans. I mean, but I think they're a minority of the Republican Party. Super mega mega. So wait, 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 wait. Now hold up, hold up, hold up. We've had, can't help me out, regular MAGA. Right. Extreme MAGA. Extreme MAGA. Mega MAGA. Right. Mega MAGA Extreme. Yep. Now it's super Super mega mega. MAGA. Yeah. Okay. I think some of this is him not remembering what he said before about MAGA. He just keeps adding on to it and trying different stuff. That would seem, it would seem so. The super mega mag. Well, you don't. You don't. I don't understand the whole. What makes them super? Well, and also, why does he have to break anything? The super. I don't think we're going to break the fever for the. What does that mean? What fever? Super mega mag. I mean, you. Re, uh, you're talking about half the country that voted for the guy. Can we just stop this stuff? Can we just stop it? Good grief. I. I. Do, I do think it's funny. What I what I think is funniest though, can I just can I can I also be given just a little bit of room? I don't want to gloat too bad because I feel as though, you know, I get, you know, what I think it's in the book of Matthew. I don't want to have too much Schadenfreude. But how much money did were they reporting that Beto O'Rourke spent on his losing race? Stacey Abrams too, but Beto O'Rourke particularly. Because this guy doesn't work. What's he gonna do after this? He doesn't work. He has never, ever had to, he was never left to his own devices to figure out a way to provide for his family. So what's he going to do? How many hundreds of millions of dollars? Mm. Now, he said that he was in this fight for life. (laughs) Well, yeah, if it's like a perpetual job for you, there you go. Oh, man, I'm not even going to repeat what Juan said. Not even going to repeat what Juan said. We broke Juan. Juan's broken now. We broke him, man. Sorry, Juan. Man, he came in here with, like, pure heart, bright eyes. Now he's, like, cynical. and <laughs> He's just like the rest of us. Our apologies. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, 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 I say this. Stacey, I don't think either him or Stacey Abrams can continue running anymore. I mean, and I realize that a lot of it is they were, and we've talked about this before, they they want to cede the ground for other Democrats, right? They want to they have Democrat voters. They want to have all this stuff. I get that. Mm, but um, it starts to look ridiculous because it's a quarter of a billion dollars on just those two races, and when you consider that that's just almost what Senate leadership funds spent on all of them, which is still a lot of money for all of them. So the latest, I'm look at some look at some numbers here. So apparently there was another. So Lauren Boebert in Colorado's third congressional district is up by 400 votes. I keep seeing people talk about ballot dumps. Where? Where are they just finding them places? Look what we found under the table. Look what we found. Yeah, where are they finding these at? These, uh, good grief. I kind of feel like they won. Otherwise, we would have known immediately had they lost. 
just start. That's kind of my thinking right now. I don't know how else to. Don't know how else to put it. But so that's the. I'm gonna put and pulling this up. But if you'll forgive me for one moment, because I gotta refresh my screens to make sure that I have the latest numbers. So the uh, 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 this is in Colorado. So she looks. I mean, she could be put up higher depending on what the next installment of votes what that comes in at you know if she's at 400 now up against this frisch guy so we'll we'll see uh but again i still think it's nuts that we just we don't even know all this and in the senate and again you'll bear with me because i want to make sure that i have the latest numbers so i'm refreshing everything uh and i like to go to their the different secretary of state sites because each state puts their stuff up and you can just go to their, you can find it on their like state webpage and that. So they, we have uh, looking at the latest because we're looking at the ones that are, I know, the ones that are the most. Arizona, still 76 in percentage. Uh, Nevada, 84% in. That hasn't updated yet. So that's, that's still where we, why is it taking this long? So. There we have it. And then Johnson and Wisconsin Center, that that we uh, that that one we locked down. That was good. Missouri. Can I just also say one thing about Missouri? Eric Schmidt had a double digit lead that we could have been in the same position. We could have actually lost that race had it been had the the Steve Bannon, the guy who called Donald Trump Jr. a traitor and all this stuff and let all these reporters in to sniff around the Trump administration and betrayed Trump and then wants to pretend that he didn't do it anymore. Yeah, um, it, that his whole grifter crew, they uh, they wanted uh, what's his face, the guy with the crazy eyes who the lady in the basement can't remember his name now. How could I? How did I forget his name? Oh, who are you talking about? Them uh, who would, Eric Schmidt beat into a hole in the ground in the oh, primary. Yes, that's right. He's he's sort of like Missouri's Beto, but maybe he'll go away for free. That could have been a horrible, horrible, horrible situation. Yeah. We could that could have been up for grabs and it wasn't. It's locked down, so it's good. Uh, so that Wisconsin, we ended up, but um, we just got to figure out these last two, and then we got that December six runoff in Georgia, and it's all gonna I, all going back to Georgia again. Gosh dang, going back to Georgia again. I mean, it is a you know Peach State is pretty, but I I kind of have a mind that they're probably all done with this stuff too. You know, they're 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 sick and tired of this. So I have a couple of other things I want to make sure that we're getting into here as we because I got some economic uh, headlines and we've we've got some other things I know. But the, the midterm situation is what everybody's talking about. I wanted to touch on this Paul Ryan thing. Uh, this I haven't heard from Paul Ryan in a while. He is not a Trump fan. And I've met Paul Ryan once when I was doing Tea Party stuff and a lot of tea partiers kind of had a weird relationship like a weird view of him we we didn't really necessarily trust the guy but uh he he seemed he was less hostile to grassroots more so than others he's i think on the board at fox now and he was saying to a local wisconsin network he was saying that the previous president was a quote drag on the ticket and that he said that he thinks Republicans should, would have had better results had he not been involved. I don't think that the infighting helped at all. 
But I also don't think what Ryan is saying here helps. This is not the time for anybody, and particularly anybody in that faction, to come in and be like, oh, well, look, this means you got you to get out of here now. Look what you you that's I said yesterday, this is not an this is not an invitation for some of the old school Republicans to go out and take a deuce all over Trump voters. This is not the time for y'all to do that. If you want to make sure that you further reduce your influence in the Republican and conservative sphere, that's definitely the way to go. Because it's just it's I don't think that I first off, I think it's debatable. But secondly, that's just not the way to go about it. That's not helpful. I just think it's weird that they all criticize him for the same things that they actually commit, the same offenses they commit. Oh, they're so mad about his tone. But look what they say. Come on. This is not the way to do it. This is you have. Look, these people don't know what it is to have a bigger tent. They really do not. And I and and I. I I don't want to go back to those Republican days of really boring engagement and not sticking up for your voters and being terrified to engage in any kind of culture stuff aside from pro-life issues. But pro-life issues are fine, but you also have to realize that when you are, you also have to realize when to make your moves and how to articulate the message. You know, right after the Republican Party and leadership are saying, you know, things like, well, you know, this is going back to the states, so nothing has been criminalized. It's just for the states to determine this is not something the federal government needs to be involved in, which is a completely constitutional and logical and correct argument. It is idiotic to have other people trying to undermine that right after they state it and go out there and, and then propose federal legislation. You completely undermined the argument of the previous people. Some of them were those old school Republicans making that. So it's it's goofy. I don't want to go back to those days of really bad strategy. And they had bad strategy. That's why we took Congress away from them in 2010. They had a horrible strategy. Don't think that this is an in for you guys. Don't 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 think that. Because all the same people who were there in 2010 who made it possible for Trump to become president. We're all still here. And we're even more motivated and more educated about the entire process. And this is not the time to get froggy. Hmm. I just get I get aggravated when I see people do this. So I don't know why he felt necessary. He said we have some Trump Trump hangovers. What he said. I don't know why he feels necessary to say that. Why he feels that that's that is not the way to go about making you know shoring up confidence for the big tent in the party. There's just not the way to do it. One other thing too. Uh, in Biden's speech last night, or yesterday afternoon, rather, he was talking about his wife. And someone reminded me of this. He was talking about his wife and how his wife lost her life. And I never actually dove into it as much, you know, as others have. But apparently what he said wasn't true. What, how did he say it, Kane? I don't think we actually have the audio of this. But he had said that somebody, a tractor trailer ran into his wife and kid and that they, the driver was drunk and killed them. Isn't that what he said in the remarks last night? So apparently that's not true. So the wife was the one who apparently ran a stop sign into the path of that tractor trailer the operator of the tractor trailer was not inebriated 
and he was horrified apparently and he suffered uh i mean suffered from it one of the uh his nephew apparently was online saying yes this is 100 percent correct what you're saying is 100 percent correct he said that the guy was going around like biden's been lying about this guy for you know decades and apparently the family of the truck driver threatened to sue joe biden for libel and slander because he was lying about what happened so for all this time that's what he's been doing that is horrible lying about the guy i went and i looked it up exactly how it happened no one noticed no one in the press corrected him on this nope. you're the president can you imagine if trump was lying about made up a story about someone being drunk and killing his wife that's inexcusable we have today in stupidity on the way although that could count and then tomorrow i think we're going to open up some phone lines because i'm very curious as to your all's thoughts about what happened what you think should happen in terms of fundraising for future races and also do you think and think about this too how do we either incentivize or penalize states to make sure that they get all their votes counted that day. I mean, I realize it comes down to a lot of the people who run the process in the particular district and county. But should there be some kind of punishment if it goes on like what we're seeing in Arizona and Nevada? Like, what do those penalties look like? Do we make them go last in primaries and caucuses? How does that, what does that look like? Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Good afternoon. Well, we had an election yesterday, and uh, it was a good day, I think, for democracy, and I think it was a good day for America. <coughs> Excuse me, I have a little horse. He's got a little horse. He's got a little horse. Welcome back to the program. Dana last year. As, uh, that's a gem. Can we save that forever? <laughs> Just wanted, just wanted in my life always. Oh, I got a little horse. He's he's a real he's actually Joey from Friends. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a completely moo point. I'm sorry, what? It's a moo point. You know, like a cow's opinion, it just doesn't matter. I just tried to look for a horse drop on our sound panel, and I found this horse-faced lesbians. <laughs> well, he's got a little horse. <laughs> oh man. I'm going to use that forever. Ah, oh, sorry, I got a little horse. I have a, I have a little horse. Yeah, not I got a little horse. Like my voice went horse. It's I have a little horse. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh well, welcome back to the program. I know we. I, do we have enough time to hit the the thing that he said about uh, in looking at Musk, uh, whether or not audio somebody ate. Yeah, we did. Listen to this because this to me sounds like intimidation. I this think was also that- yesterday. Elon Musk's Good cooperation and or talk technical Dude, you're gonna take a relationships talk. with other countries uh, is worthy of being looked at. Whether or not he is doing anything inappropriate, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that it's worth, worth being looked at. What? 
And then when he was asked, there's another soundbite out there. It said uh, reporters were asking him, well, how would you do that? He goes, he laughed and goes, oh, there are a lot of ways. Oh, that's not. Yeah, that's not intimidating at all, I'm sure. Not not the point of it. Good grief. Mm-hmm. Folks, that does it for us today. I think we're going to open up our phone lines tomorrow. And uh, remember what I was telling you. We're, I'm, I'm really curious into what you think. How do we get states? How do we make it to where states, in addition to making sure that competent people are running the elections, that they are... You know, getting it done in time. I robbed cannabis today in stupidity. I apologize. But we're going to open up the line. We're going to ask that tomorrow. It is tomorrow's Friday. So think of your what we're, what you're going to share, the solutions you have. We're going to wrap up this week together. Have a great night. Back with you tomorrow.